get into your Zen state. Because when you are in your Zen state, you can woo-saw this motherfucker like nobody business. And then you can play the music. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hell yeah, 24-7, 365, the Monty Show. That's us. Hey, hey. buddy. Hello. Good to see you. Happy Tuesday. April 5th, 2022. It is already April. Unbelievable. Chicago PD is back tomorrow with a new episode. Yeah. SRT Jeeps and Chargers and stuff. Bitches. Um, what? Uh, you're Right now, your number one, your favorite show on TV right now. Go into it. You're watching what? The Utah Jazz. <laughs> you're such a dick. <laughs> Um, F1 Drive I, to Survive, which you are no longer watching. Honestly, I, I don't watching. watch TV shows. Uh, seriously, seriously. You like, don't watch I TV don't, shows? No, because what, what, what TV shows do I have time to watch? Seriously. Okay, well, um, if, if you would discipline yourself, uh-huh. you could do the things that I do, which is be married and have degenerate children who don't discipline themselves. Right, right. Um, but I, I make time to get exposed to other things. Like, stop. stop. Just stop it. Not everything has to be about what? sex, sir. I didn't say anything. What? Donnie, please. What? Man. Anyway, I exposed myself to John Oliver in Last Week Tonight, uh, which is but to like say I watched night, that nude. Did you watch, do you, like, last night, did you watch anything besides basketball? Yes, I watched the first 10 minutes of the basketball game. Flipped on last week tonight with John Oliver and then came back and watched the final five minutes of the first half in the entire second half. <laughs> okay. See, that's um, the difference. Yeah. But see, I watch things like the news. I watch things the like news. Chicago PD. <laughs> the news. Uh, I watch things like Chicago PD. I watch things like Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. I watch things like Gold Rush on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get other forms of entertainment so that I am a well-rounded motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, wow, yep. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why we have great affiliate links in the description below, both on this podcast and on the YouTube machine. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click the description. Check out our affiliate links. All of our, like yesterday, I was having a conversation with a couple of dudes about the vitamins that I take every day. People are like, hey, you're such a fat ass. No, one guy asked me. I actually got a compliment yesterday, if you can believe it, on on in Instagram DMs. Um, a guy who shall remain nameless because he has to be so. A boy has no name. Um, said to me, well, hey, I've, I've noticed you've lost a bunch of weight. Um, what are you doing? And so we were talking about it. And I said, by the way, I also think that you have to take like your plant sterol supplements and your CoQ10s. Those are in the affiliate links. I found the greatest tool to wash glasses and cups because I use I use a ton of these little blender dudes right bottles, here. blender bottles, and they can be difficult to clean. But there's a little tool that you put on your sink. What? I'm an overhand guy. Anyway, there's a tool you put on your sink. You know. So that's in the affiliate link below. And by the way, we are giving away a PlayStation Five on this very yeah. program. Um, all you have to do is uh, like and subscribe. By the way, did you get any DMs about the shirts yesterday? Nope. 
Nope. Not a single one Not yesterday. Single one. Nope. Like 10 of you MFers asked me, well, hey, how do I buy a shirt? I want that casual shirt. And I'll check again. Let me check again real quick. I'll because check again. You, all you have to do is DM Jake, SLC Supercars, SLC Supercars on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I, yes, three people also yesterday said, hey, man, you promised us like two months ago you were going to have stickers. You're right. I have totally dropped the ball. We said we were going to get stickers, and we haven't done it, so we might do that as well. And, no, then, and then again, I, I, I ain't got requests, man. And then again, we might requests. not. So, yes, if you want to buy a T-shirt, it gets you five to one entries. That's totally up to you. Uh, I think we're down to like 10 or 15 shirts left. Mm -hmm. So uh, hook it up. Uh, DM Jake at SLC Supercars. All right. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz because the Memphis Grizzlies are in town tonight. And I, as we titled the show, I'm a firm believer that this Utah Jazz team is at a crossroads. And when I say that, what I mean is it's now or never for this club. And I don't think they're falling out of the, the top six. I don't think they're going into the playing tournament, but that's just me. But what this Memphis Grizzlies team represents is a mirror into which the Jazz see who they should be versus who they are. Because when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, they're young, they're aggressive, they're athletic, they shoot the three, they run the floor, and they play tenacious defense. Isn't that what we all thought this Utah Jazz was team was going to turn into? But yet they haven't because they haven't done well in free agency and they haven't drafted well. So, Jake, am I off on that? Do you believe that this Memphis Grizzlies team is who the Utah Jazz would love to be? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they would love to be, to be in a similar situation to Memphis. I, I think that... You know, if we, as as they say in the dark night, if we wind the clocks back uh, a year and we look at that postseason series last year in round one where the Jazz played the, the Grizzlies, you know, a lot of Jazz fans are like, oh, well, this should be a gimme. And, you know, we had that Don Ankle situation. That Don and, Ankle Yeah, situation. you know, where Don was like, hey, I can play. And the Jazz staff was like, no, you can't play. And then Don ended up playing. And, and it turns out he shouldn't have played. You know, they go through that whole thing. And... A lot of fans were like, hey, we're way better than Memphis is, even though at the time you were pretty even. And now it's kind of like the roles have reversed. Memphis is way better than you are. And tonight will be very interesting to see because my firm belief is tonight this will be a pretty close game, but Memphis wins it. They edge out the Jazz, in my opinion. Um, I just think they have more quality. They're a better team. They're playing better basketball, more importantly, right now. So I do think Memphis wins the game, but I think that's not really the point of tonight's game. The point of tonight's game is to see what this Jazz team can can put out on the floor because what did we get yesterday out of the, the local media and the storylines and, and the usual suspects who report on the Jazz, as you all know and love them? Well, what we get is Jordan Clarkson saying that the team met and and got off their chest what was bothering them and and holding them down and and basically they you know the vibes are good again as Joe Ingles would would say right so to me tonight what this is about is coming out and seeing a complete 48 minute performance you know I, I had a guy on Twitter yesterday uh, Mike I believe it was tweeted me that you know there was a picture like a like a graphic put out of you know, what the Jazz record would be if NBA games ended after three quarters, and they'd be like the number one team in the league, and they'd have 55 wins. And that's all fine and dandy, and I understand why people put that out, but my point is they don't end after three quarters, and it is a 48-minute game, and you do have to put together a complete performance. So that's what I'm looking for tonight. Even if you lose by five, let's say, I want a complete, consistent performance 
you know, front to back, coast to coast. That's what I'm looking for tonight. I want less turnovers. I want more movement of the basketball. And I don't want movement of the basketball and the pick and roll to disappear when you get adversity against the Grizzlies. That's what I'm looking for tonight. I'm not even looking for a win or a loss. A win would be nice, definitely. But I want this team to come out and execute. Because you're 100% right. This team is at a crossroads right now, which is to say you're either going to fold, you're going to go out in the first round, and it's going to be an embarrassing thing for your squad, or you're going to fight like hell, and you'll make it through to the second round, and you'll probably get eliminated in the second round, but at least it'll feel a little better. That's where you're at right now, you know? And so I feel like this team, this team, what we heard yesterday, essentially, without saying it specifically, this team said, hey, you know, we got everything off our chest. We put that behind us. We're, we're moving all together in, in and, in, you know, we're moving forward together as a club. That's basically what we heard Jordan Clarkson say. So I'm going to look for that tonight. I want better basketball out of this team tonight. Well, and I was told yesterday at practice that they basically hit the reset button, that the Utah Jazz have come to a place where they've said, you know what, we've got four games left to show you know, what we can do and bring ourselves back together as a club. Does that work? If you win tonight, it absolutely works. If you lose tonight by 20 to Memphis, I don't think that that and works at all. it's more of the same. And it's more of the same. And the, yeah. the, the issues that have persisted with this ball club continue. I think that's likely the, the scenario that will happen. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that this team is and has the capability of being really good. But I don't know that they're capable of being really good right now. I think that they don't believe in each other. I think they don't like each other. Um, I think that they are in a place where when you struggle, and, and I, I think this is applicable to all of us, whether you're, you know, like a, and I think Greg Hawkins is in here today, whether you're an actor on a movie set. Yeah. Or you are a salesperson at a major tech company. Yep. If you don't like the people that you're working closely with, the job is not going to be fun. Yeah, it is. It is going to become a nine to five instead of a passion of yours. Well, it's culture among your amongst your team and your in your people. You yeah, know? I, I think yes. that Rudy, you know, again, I, and I don't want to do this today. I really don't want to have the Rudy versus Don and, and the battle that goes on between those two. But but when we're talking about team culture and I look around the league, I think, you know, like if we look at Memphis, I think that's one of the reasons they're so successful right now. That team has been through the ringer, man. That team did get knocked out by the Jazz last year. John Morant did get let down. John Morant did step up this year, you know. Um, Baines has, or Bain has, has come through and upped his game. You know, you've got a, you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. that has upped his game, and those guys have come together. And you can see what happens on the floor when a team is playing together. Like it's one of the reasons the Suns are so good right now. Because they're all pushing in the same direction. DeAndre Ayton didn't let the, the, the fact that he wasn't going to get paid by the Suns and get that huge contract bother him or, or tear him down. What he did is he decided to go out and play good basketball, you know? And so when I look at this Jazz team, it's great to say, hey, at practice yesterday, we, we put it behind us. We're back on the same page. Everything is good. I, I, tonight, I want to see Donovan Mitchell kicking it to Bogdanovich for an open three in the corner that he's going to make four out of ten times. I want to see Jordan Clarkson come into the game for 10 to 15 minutes at a time and not turn the basketball over and move the ball. 
You know, yeah. like we need to see these things. Yeah, I, I, I think I just think you need to get back to playing good basketball tonight. That's it. That's how you fix this. That's how you evolve past this. I mean, you're not the Lakers and the doomsday clock that is perceived to be ticking on this Utah Jazz team. I, I think it the drama is why you're seeing that. This is not a bad ball club. This is a ball club that's struggling. This is a team that I don't think knows how to win games. Um, and I think it's aging. I think it's past its prime. And I think it needs a retool. But we've been saying that for, I, I think this is the third year yeah. where we've talked about you need an influx of new talent into this roster. And every day that you don't get that, it's, it's going to be a longer day at the office. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. But this idea that there is, you know, the, the world is ending. This team sucks. This team is what it's been for the last 10 years. It's no better and it's no worse. They're just another team right now. They're not special. They're not unique. And frankly, you're starting to see a lot of the moles on the face of the Utah Jazz because losing brings out the worst in people. Mm -hmm. You know, and the funny thing is we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about money today in our non-sports stuff. And it's really apropos to the Jazz, this Jazz team. You found out who Rudy Gobert really was when you handed him 200-something million dollars a year. And you said, here's $41 million a year. Money because, changes yeah, people. Well, but I actually don't think money changes people. I think money defines and exposes who you really are. And I think that's what you're seeing with this Jazz team. You have a bunch of guys in, you know, Conley Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, who all got paid. And I think everybody thought that, everything would just fall into place and you would tip one domino over and the whole row would go. Well, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It actually takes actual pointed, deliberate action to grow and become a better person, a better player and a better ball club. Yeah. And there's been none of that in the last two years. So I, I, I again, just fall back on the old saying that I love so much. If you, if you, if you're going to keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting the same result you've always gotten. Yeah. So until you get radically different with this roster, you're not going to see a radically different result. Right now, best case scenario, I mean, what what could we really see this team doing in the postseason? I mean, could they could they get past the second round? No. Realistically, I think the best case scenario for this team is they win one playoff series. Mm -hmm. And right now, if it ends in the three six, um, I don't even think you're going to get that far. I. I I don't know that there's a first-round matchup where you can unequivocally be like, "Hey, yeah, we're going to win that." Yeah, because you don't have Memphis anymore this year, right? <laughs> like you don't have you don't have that low-end team that's not going to give you trouble. Be based on the way teams are playing right now, and th and that's the thing with with again this roster as we detailed yesterday. You know, again, if you didn't listen to the show yesterday, go and listen to it. I mean, we we talked all about the roster and its shortcomings and and all that good stuff, but. But I, I just think that the most important thing right now for this team in the big picture, not tonight, but just in the big picture, is making sure that Donovan Mitchell remains content with the plan. Because obviously he's not content with where the team is now, At as all. he shouldn't be. You no. know, I don't blame him for that. And I wouldn't blame anybody for not being happy with where this team is at. But but it's really, really important that, that the front office and Donovan Mitchell stay on the same page. And everything we've heard uh, confirms that that they're on the same page and that and that Donovan has been told that that they are going to change this roster and build it around him and and get on with things you know um, but I think two years from now if we're still sitting here after they've burned this thing down and and changed the roster and this is still an average ass team 
then I think, you know, the conversation is going to change a little bit for Donovan Mitchell because, as he said repeatedly, he's not going to waste years of his career not winning, you know? Yeah, and I, I think if this summer doesn't go well, you're going to see Donovan looking for a trade at the deadline next year. I, I think I, – I think – I, the, I just think that's – we just should not go there. We just should not go that far ahead. I think if you're a Jazz fan, live, live one game at a time. Yeah. Because it's really easy to swing emotionally with this team. And yesterday was kind of an interesting show for me. Like, I just got fed up with the world is ending yesterday. Mm -hmm. The world's not ending. This team is exactly who I've been telling you this team is for two years. I, I mean, I, I think if you've been around this show for any modicum of time, you know that – this is who we believe this team to be. They are an average basketball team that's rapidly aging. And yesterday, this this BS with Rudy Gay refusing to do media, um, you know, with with there's just a lack of accountability. They don't have to do that. And I think one of the things that I find so interesting is that you just understand that the Jazz realize they don't have to do anything they don't want to do. Who's going to force them to go and remake this roster? Because people are going to buy tickets. It'll be a full house tonight. There's, there's no doubt about that. Like if I look at, if I look at what's left on the schedule for the Jazz, yep. Um, it, it, especially you know, like, like looking at the names that are coming to Vivint this week, um, to end the season. Um, you know, your your Memphis tonight. Um, your OKC tomorrow. Um, and then Phoenix on Friday. So why wouldn't, you know? Yeah. My guess is Phoenix will be a madhouse on Friday. I would go, but you are, you know, now all of a sudden in love and going on vacations together. Um, uh -oh. you know, like I, I, I would go tonight to see Memphis, but you're like, no, I'm, I need my sleep because I got a pound box all weekend. So the jackhammer's got to be well rested. Doesn't make you feel responsible. You know, and then they go to Portland to finish the season. My guess is Portland won't be a very big crowd uh, on the road, but my guess is the next three games will be, well, there'll be pretty good crowds in place to see Portland, OKC, and Phoenix. Right. Could be wrong. I think you're probably going to win two of the four games you have left. I think you probably beat OKC and Portland. Because uh, I don't think you're going to beat Memphis tonight. And I certainly don't think you're beating Phoenix on Friday, even though I would love to see it. Yeah. Would love to see it. But this team does not do well on three games in four days. No. It I'm doesn't. not sure there are a lot of teams that do. <laughs> you know, but, well, I actually don't think that. See, and I don't look at it that way. Uh -huh. This team is old. This it team is. has older bodies that are not feeling it. Um, right now, I would expect a really good. Pro if you're going to win Memphis or Phoenix, I would guess it's Memphis. You're coming off of two days of rest. Yeah. You're getting two days between games. Friday will be three games in four days, and it's three teams that get up and down the floor. You know, like you look at OKC, they might not be good, but they're not going to play slow. Nope. You know, you look at at Memphis, they're they're very good, and they're going to play up and down the floor. Phoenix is a little more plotting when Chris Paul's in the game, but that's a team that's got five, six different guys who can score the basketball. So, yeah. This is a very difficult stretch. And that, that's why I say I, I, I know that you're a firm believer they won't follow the plan, but I'm no. telling you it's not over yet. It ain't over yet. And 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 I know that for them to fall, <clears throat> it requires the Timberwolves to win games. But, hey, that team's capable. They're capable. Will they do it? Probably not. But they're capable, you know. And this is a tough stretch to end the season. I think it's very difficult at this point of the season to remake yourself, to rebrand who you are as a ball club. 
I mean, you've had a day and a half of really good preparation and practice. I would expect to see better ball movement consistently throughout the first three quarters of this game. Um, I would expect to have some more refined and clear defensive understanding. Um, I really hope we don't see any zone. Yeah. Please don't play zone. This team is not built to play zone. Um, I would expect to see a little more clarity in rotations. I would expect to see less Royce O'Neal. I would expect to see far more Daniel House and Juan Herzegan Govina in I believe nachos. you referenced him as Juan Hernan Nacho Cheese Gomez. Something like that. I'm not good with pronunciating complicated names. But the <laughs> point is, the point is, what I'm saying is, I I just think that it's tough to remake who you are. Yeah. I think you can work on defensive rotations. I think you can work on ball movement. I think you can kind of hit a reset button when you have two days between games, which is great. But I think you are who we always knew you were. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, but what do you think the best case scenario is? I mean, I think the best case scenario is what you were saying. You know, they win one playoff series. They go out in the same, you know, the second round, just like they did last year. Um, but, you know, I, I think that what's also likely to happen is worst case scenario. You get bounced in the first round. You're not happy about it. Don's all pissed off and yeah. you're dealing with emotions. And, and and I don't say that to be Mr. Negative, but but I think, you know, for those of you who watch every night, I think you know it's not far-fetched. Like, I think this Jazz team, you know, for them to go out in the first round, they just, you know, it, it, it's more of the same. I mean, think about it. Right now, is it Dallas right now? Who they'd be playing or, or who is no, it? No, right they'd now? be playing Golden State. They'd be playing Golden State. So, you know, Golden State – you're not going to beat Golden State at their place. I just I just can't believe that that would ever take place with where this Jazz team is at. The only question is, how long can you hold them off at, at, at the Viv? That's the question. I mean, can you win both of your home games to 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 lengthen the series? Their speed and athleticism is terrifying. I yeah. mean, that, honest to goodness, when we talk about Golden State, that is one very fast team. Like Jordan Poole's playing out of his mind. All yeah. of this is without Steph Curry, by the way. Um, who even if he comes back, if you see him in the first round, he's going to be a rusty Steph Curry, I would imagine. He's still going to score 20-something points a game. Um, and you look at the way Klay Thompson was able to operate. Um, you know, I would expect, by the way, one of the things I would expect to see tonight is a lot of Memphis pick and roll and switching and matchups. I'd expect Rudy Gobert to be a far more ferocious, uh, voracious, excuse me, voracious. defender on the three-point ball off the pick, pick and roll from the opponent. His defense on the perimeter will be better tonight. I, I would be stunned if it was not. Because one of the things that I know that they did is they watched an extensive amount of film on how to defend the pick and roll mm -hmm. with Rudy Gobert. Because that's where they have been getting really beaten. It's not that Rudy's been singled up and guys are blowing by him. or They're getting beaten lately in the last month of this season when teams isolate Rudy into a pick and roll and he does not defend the three. Whether it's mm -hmm. Christian Wood in Houston, uh, Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson at Golden State the other night, like you're just watching teams pick and roll Rudy Gobert to death. And you know it'll it'll also be interesting to see who plays for Memphis tonight. Does Jaron Jackson Jr. play tonight? Um, you know John Morant's not going to play tonight, so you're gonna you're gonna continue to get a Memphis team that just runs up and down the floor. Yeah, which and I think is worse for you than if Ja played. I honestly. would agree. <laughs> like, I think that I would agree. I think that the speed that Memphis plays with is a challenge for a ton of teams, and I think 
because of where the Jazz are at with their roster and the age, it's a bigger challenge. But but I think the biggest thing here, no matter what happens, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is to make sure again that when Donovan Mitchell hangs it up for the season and cleans out the locker and goes home that he is feeling good about where the the direction the organization is going. I, and I know I keep coming back to this, but that's the overreaching point. Cause, cause I think we can all agree whether you like our takes or hate our takes. I think what our common ground is, is they're not winning a championship this year. I think we can all agree on that. And they're not even close to that conversation. So uh, my big thing is just making sure that Don's happy, and then priority number one would be would be getting aggressive with the Rudy contract and putting a three team trade together, preferably sending him to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I still maintain. I was talking to a guy yesterday, um, and I still maintain it's Toronto. Toronto's the best fit for Rudy Gobert. I mean, you're not trading him to Dallas. That's just there's no there is in no world does that make sense that you would trade Rudy Gobert to Dallas. I think. And I, I think it's probably Washington's probably dead at this point. Um, but I mean, yeah. if you'd have made, and there are some people who believe the Jazz had, you know, had a deal that they were talking about with Rudy Gobert. Because again, as I reported at the deadline, the Jazz had conversations about trading Rudy Gobert at the deadline. Yeah. And they just did not want to put money into that, the, the amount of money it would have taken. Um, but you essentially had. A Pascal Siakam, Montrez Harrell, Rudy Gobert. You know, you had you had a Spencer Dinwiddie involved in that deal. Like you had a bunch of different teams that were involved in a Rudy Gobert deal. And I I I'm telling you now that I I would not mind a Pascal Siakam trade. I would yeah. not mind seeing Pascal Siakam wind up on this jazz roster. I would not mind seeing other pieces that they had. I would love to have seen Montrez Harrell be a backup center on this team. That would have been huge. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's what this team needed. Um, and they didn't do that deal. And I, I'm glad the Jazz didn't trade, make a major deal at the deadline because you're going to get more value and you're going to, uh, uh, you know, exert more leverage in the summer trading window than you are at the deadline when people view you as a, as a, uh, a fish out of water Yeah, where you're desperate and you're trying to, you're trying to get fed and, I think that's why it was smart not to make a move. I am hoping, as I've been told, that they did not make a move because they wanted to really kind of hang on to to what they had, give this last group its due respect to make whatever run through the playoffs they believe they can make. Mm -hmm. And then in the summer, they're going to completely remake this roster. And I think if, and again, I will just be redundant and say, I think it's Toronto. Toronto has shown interest in Rudy Gobert. Toronto has made no qualms that they are willing to to make a significant alteration to their to their club um, to to get focused on defense again. I think they're learning a hard lesson on Fred Van Vliet. Fred is not Fred's a really good player, but he's not a guy you want to have the ball in his hand with the game on the line. Four A player, dude. He is a four A player, and I think they realize that. They're probably not good defensively. I mean, if I look at where they are right now, they're in the sixth spot at 45 and 33. They're much like the Jazz. They're a good team that's not great. Yeah. They're a good team that's going to be a sacrificial lamb. Um, likely for the – I think Milwaukee is third right now. The 3-6 would be Milwaukee and Toronto. That's rough. I mean, that's a really rough matchup. Yeah. And 
those, you know, the top four teams in the East are set. And I think if you if you look at Toronto, their single biggest issue is that they give up they give up too many points. They're I think they're only plus three right now, two and a half points on the on the plus minus. Yeah. And if you look at if you look at that loss to the Heat the other night, which again, because I have no life, I watched a good part of that. One of the things that was very clear is they struggle to defend elite players. Um, and it's because you have a guy, um, you know, in, in Birch that doesn't give you much in the middle. Yeah. And I think very clearly what they're looking for is is to get a to get a, a difference making big um that's not going to, in my opinion, hurt you and not going to stop the development of their young players. And I think that's Rudy Gobert. I think I think obviously he he fits in well in the culture in Canada. He's French. Um, there, that that culture fits him very well. Now, the the whole COVID vaccination thing is probably always going to be a sticking point. And by the way, can we just can we stop saying that when Rudy touched all the microphones to kick off COVID, that's not why there's issues with Rudy Gobert. The coronavirus. Can we stop saying that? Yeah. Um, I I just it's tired, bro. It's it's two years old. Yeah. It's not it, it's not the issue. The issue is that you have guys that just don't aren't a good fit. Donovan Mitchell's not going to pass the ball to Rudy Gobert. He's not. So they don't like playing together. They're yeah. not they don't and again I'll just reiterate somebody, you know, it, it, one of my jazz guys yesterday said, "Well, why do you keep saying that they hate each other?" I've never said that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell hate each other. I have never said that. What I've said is they're like guys you 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 go into the office and everybody who works in an office will understand this. There's some people you like and there's some people you coexist with. Hey, Steve. And that's about the extent of it. It's, hey, Rudy. That's about the extent of it. They don't hate each other. They're not friends. They don't hang out. They don't play vids together. They don't go out to dinner together. They show up and they're in the same locker room. That is what it is. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I look at what Rudy's fit is, and I, I'm just guessing that Scotty Barnes is not going to be traded by the by the Toronto Raptors. That'd be shocking to me. Yeah. But there's two names on that roster that make a lot of sense. Gary Trent Jr. and Pascal Siakam are absolutely two guys that you would value highly on this team. And to me, if you can get a third team involved and they have a Montrez Harrell, which Washington did, it makes a lot of sense to put that money together, send Rudy out, send a draft pick out, send a secondary player like a, I don't know, Boyan Bogdanovich, send him out and let Pascal Siakam play in the Boyan Bogdanovich role. How much better is this team if Pascal Siakam is there instead of Boyan Bogdanovich? That's a lot more length, I can tell you that. It's a lot more athletic ability. It's a lot more defense and it's a lot more dynamic and diversity in the offense. Yeah. That's a guy that can get his own shot, right? So it just makes more sense. Dallas to this day has made zero sense to me. It, it I've asked a thousand people about it and not one person is like, oh yeah, yeah, Dallas makes a lot of sense. Here's why. Yeah, you're not trading to Dallas. Dude. Because one, the money doesn't the money doesn't work. You would need, I think if if you were moving Rudy Gobert to Dallas, it's not gonna be for Luka Doncic. So many Jazz fans are like, oh, we'd take Luke. They're not giving up Luka Doncic. Not for Rudy Gobert. Stop. For nobody. So you're looking at 
Who are the role players that would come in return? If I'm the Jazz, I'd have to have Tim Hardaway Jr. I'd have to have, I mean, I'd I'd have to have one of their their longer, their longer bigs. Powell. So probably a Dwight Powell. Yeah. And then I'd have to have Dorian Finney-Smith. Are you going to give up those three guys for Rudy Gobert and twelve to fifteen million dollars in cash plus a first round pick? And then you got to go find a third. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like a seven team, seven player deal with three teams, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you're not going to go get like a Toronto to be involved in a Dallas Utah deal because, like that, that doesn't make any sense for Toronto because then Rudy winds up in Dallas, and what does Toronto get? It, like you have to think through things. Logically. Yeah. Because again, I'm just going to stick to what I've repeatedly heard. The Jazz are not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are going to rebuild this team around him. They are going to add athletic guys on the wing and they're going to trade Rudy Gobert. And I, I will stand by that and I will continue to say, yeah, they're going to, I believe Toronto is a front runner to get Rudy Gobert. I've been saying it for weeks and months. I think that's the logical fit. Um, Let's see. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says Rudy to Atlanta for Collins and picks. I like John Collins, but he he is a guy that is is limited. He is a he is a. There's a reason that a young team like Atlanta is willing to trade their young big. There's a reason. But he can play faster. He can do some things for you. He's a better fit depending on what you put around him. John Collins is not a guy you go looking for. John Collins is a guy that you're okay having on your roster if Pascal Siakam is there, if Gary Trent is there, if yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. is there. Yeah. He's not the guy you're like, oh, man, if we can get him, that's not uh, – to me, that that's – I'm not trading Rudy Gobert for John Collins in picks. That, that doesn't – and by the way, nobody's giving you picks for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in a – the Rudy Gobert trade is – you are hoping for a, a net – split like a and you're hoping that hey I'm gonna send you Rudy Gobert money in a future first round pick yeah give me Pascal Siakam and it like Just you're trying to break even you're hoping to level there yeah you're likely going to lose yeah because you're gonna have to send money you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be creative to compensate the whoever winds up with Rudy you're gonna have to compensate them for his con it is it is not inarguable that it it's one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Like I, and I've tried not to say that out loud because he is a really good player. He is an impactful player, but it's one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Like it is, it's untenable to have it on your cap if you're a championship contender and it's untenable to have it on your cap if you're trying to rebuild. Yeah. And they had aspirations of one and now they're the other. And that means they're trying to rebuild and it's just, Man, it's really tough. It's rough. It, yeah. Because you'd love to send him, you'd love to send him to a rebuilder, like a an OKC, uh, an Orlando. But the problem is Orlando is a throw-in team. They're not a primary team. And what value, because any team you send Rudy to, there's going to have to be significant value. There's going to have to be a Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. There's going to have to be like a Dorian Finney-Smith and a Tim Hardaway who instantly make you better. They instantly fill a need. Like an OKC doesn't do that. And 
You know, like you're not like their best player. I don't know who their best player probably is. Like, you know, SGA is probably not. They're not trading him. Or Giddy is pretty good. Giddy's pretty good, but they're not going to trade him either. Giddy's a fabulous young player. Yeah, the, he is a but, fabulous. But you're not going to move that guy. I mean, no, I mean them, you're more you know? likely to move a Lou Dort, who you already have that on this team. Like they, they're. But just... I will say, I will say that Lou Dort would be an upgrade to Royce O'Neal, in my opinion. I think that Lou Dort is a as a younger guy who's still got that young guy energy, can play good defense, like can play really good defense. Actually, he's one of the better defenders in the league, no doubt. Um, you know, yeah. offensively, that's kind of the question mark. You know, you'd have to see what, how he would kind of fit in and translate into this team. But again, there, there's, we can go round and round, right? We can go through like a yeah. million trade scenarios. The point is, is they're going to trade Rudy Gobert. It's going to happen. And you just have to see what you get back. Yeah. All right. Let's get through some comments. Um, cause you guys matter to us. We really appreciate that you're here every day. Um, and I just want to say thank you. The, the audio podcast, um, has had three days of just, amazing performance like I, I don't know I don't know if we just hit somebody's algorithm I have no idea but we've had three days of just incredible from from Apple Spotify um, you know iHeart Odyssey wherever you listen to our podcast I'm I just want to say thank you Stitcher certainly uh, because the audio podcast is just dominant and this YouTube channel is growing we're over 3700 now uh, which means we've picked up over 100 subscribers in the last week. Like, you guys are amazing. Um, and we just really appreciate the support that you guys give this show. Um, James Knight says, what's up, mofos? What's, what's up? up? We said something nice about another Australian. Are, does this release the 4X gold like that you owe us? Uh, Force G says, morning. Funky Orion says, hi. Hello. Hey, buddy. Um, Funky says, good day. Jazz is likely to... Less likely to win versus the Grizzlies. I won't keep my hopes too high, but hoping for the best. There you go. Exactly. Brylark. proper. Brylark, what the heck? Where you been? Good to see you, buddy. He says, morning, boys. How hopefully are how hopeful are we that Rudy gets traded in the offseason? I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Gabe Ledley, my dudes. What's up, Gabe? Good to see you. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys atheism. My guy. It's not on your birth certificate. It says, there is a number of teams that are already saying that they have interest in trading for Rudy Gobert, depending on what they can offer. This might be a three-team deal if it happens. God bless. More power to you, man. More power to you. And I heard some wild stuff yesterday. Oh, the Lakers are going to trade and the Bulls, uh, DeMar DeRozan to the Jet. Like, stop. <laughs> You're not going to get a star player. You're not going to get another team's best player for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You're not. not like, I... The, the rumors being thrown around yesterday, the, the teams that I've heard most most predominantly are the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, and the Dallas Mavericks. And I I think, like, what are the Bulls? Think about what the Bulls in a third team would be able to bring to the Jazz. Because I think on the Bulls, you can probably, you could probably pluck Zach Levine out of there. Dude, you're missing, you're, come on. And if you threw in Alex Caruso. Thank you, dude. Thank you. <laughs> on Dallas, I, they don't have a star player that they're going to give you in return. And they're a major rival of yours. Do you want to see Rudy Gobert five, six times a year wearing a different uniform? No, I'm good. Probably not. Um, and I, 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 again, I go to Toronto. Um, I go to, like, one of the other teams that, that has been talked about a lot is the Miami Heat. And I think that's just 
nonsense. Like, what are the Miami Heat going to do with Rudy Gobert? They're not going to trade Bam for Rudy. Why would they do that? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I think that comes out of all the Donovan Mitchell rumors because Donovan Mitchell's athletic guy, his body guy is there. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I, You know, Jesus, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. Morning, fellas. Uh, good morning, Rudy. Greg Hawkins, what's up? He says, Monty, I don't want the PS5, but if you send me a shirt, I'll promote it in the show on my platforms. Send me a DM. Need an address, buddy. Send buddy. me a DM. Happy also, to do it. Also need a size. Just saying. Yeah, happy to do it. Do you live? Steve Hambone says, good morning, boys. Heard any more about Coach Quinn or Rudy being traded? I think Quinn Snyder is going to be the coach next season. I, I truly – him and Ryan Smith, from what I understand, have a great working relationship. So I would be really surprised if they if they fired Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I'd be really surprised. That would – I'm not saying it's not happening. I just think it's – I think Quinn's, Quinn will be here. Did I see a Woj report Mitchell is seeking a trade, James Knight said? No. Not that I'm aware of. No, there was a – a fake uh god i can't remember the name of the twitter account it's a it's a fake twitter account basically it's like a you know where they make like fake woge accounts or fake you know those kind of type of mm -hmm. accounts on twitter basically was saying that that don wanted to go to miami <clears throat> in that he had tagged he basically nba central that's what it was called nba central a fake nba central twitter account tweeted yesterday that donovan mitchell you know was requesting a trade officially and that woge had reported that I went through Woj's timeline and checked. He didn't report that. It's complete garbage. Yeah, that NBA Central account, I think, was taken down. Yeah. The legit NBA Central account is there. Yeah. The fake NBA Central account is not. Yeah. So, so which happens he, all the time. I mean, you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. There's, yeah. a, there's a fake Adam Schefter account that's gotten countless stories and, broken. But that's actually funny. I think that's funny. When they, when they do that, that's funny. I don't think it's funny. But that's just well, me. you know um gabe says you know things are bad when jazz fans are making the stop the count argument to protect their fragile psyches too bad stop the count gabe why would you bring such dishonor to jazz fans well mainly because they tried to stop the count legitimately uh jonathan ponce says good morning and garcy says morning morning jeff johnson says good morning my guys what's up jeff good to see you uh, James Knight says the money Rudy got paid changed the way he judged it uh, changed the way he was judged. It didn't change him. Well, I mean, with money comes great expectation. I well, mean, and I think it should have. I think on some level it should have changed him. I mean, I, I think you, on some yeah. level as, a, as an NBA player, like when you get paid, you have to understand that that it doesn't just mean that you can go and buy a Ferrari now. Like, yes, it, that's it, right. It means that, hey. We're paying you and trusting in you that you will help carry us to that next level. And so when that doesn't happen, things go sideways really fast. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. It did change the way people looked at him. And, yes. and it did not. He did not change, but he should have changed for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, James Knight, uh, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I just think it's philosophical. Eric and Raleigh says, good morning, gentlemen. Caleb says, Jazz need a new offensive scheme. Play great for three quarters. Can't hold leads. So sad. Yeah, and I got that same DM um, where they were like, oh, hey, um, if the Jazz uh, ended the game after three quarters, they'd be undefeated. In the Donnie, you're out of your element. Of the NBA. And it's like, why do people put that stat together? Well, if, they, if the game ended after three quarters, uh, it doesn't. And people get pissed when I say that. Like, somebody will send me, hey, please comment on this. 
And my comment is, well, the game doesn't end after three quarters, so what do you want me to say? Um, uh, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but the game doesn't end after three quarters. Yeah. it's The stat is meaningless. You know. You know, like I, I think they're an older team that runs out of gas late in games. Yeah. I think they've had quite a few guys that have missed time this year. Rudy, Don, Bogey, you know. Mike is is healthy. He's been rested. I look at, unfortunately, Royce has missed no games this year. <laughs> Buckets so bench. I should probably stop. Uh, you know, uh, and Garcia says, if I'm correct about the Jazz uh, falling to the sixth, then maybe into the play-in, plus Quinn being out after the Jazz losing the first round, no Mamba Mitchell ending up in New York, you should hook me up with a PS6 or 7. Okay. Next, okay, next comment. James Knight says, I'm sick of hearing how Donovan feels he needs to just take care of his own performance because his game is far from perfect. No, but what Donovan Mitchell, I think, realizes is that he's, he, is, he has got to improve. The one thing you can never question about Donovan Mitchell is, A, I think he's very self-aware, and B, I think he realizes that he has got to add to his repertoire. Yeah, He, he knows that he – yeah, and you can see him trying to work that mid-range in more and more. Because it just is cash money in this league right now. And I think Donovan knows that he's become too one-dimensional from three. So, And his three-point shot is fantastic. I mean, the range on his three, like somebody, I can't remember who sent the podcast now, but somebody sent me a podcast yesterday of, of a group of casuals. Yeah, casual. Um, talking about, <laughs> yeah, like talking about Donovan Mitchell and that he stopped evolving and developing. And it, it and it it drives me crazy when when people are like, oh, he stopped developing. It's just not true. Like, how on God's green earth do you watch Donovan Mitchell last year, this year, two years ago, this year, and say he hasn't developed or improved at all? Like, I like even just his 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 game in the paint, like has has completely changed. Like his Euro step is dominant at this point. You know, like his his three point range is exponentially further. So I, I think he is absolutely developing. Um, no Mamba, and Garcia says. Cool. But who is Mamba? Like, there's no other Mamba. There never will be. Uh, Jeremy Boltman says, well, 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 if it isn't Monty and Jake. Morning, fellas. Good morning, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, casual. Do you have your headband on? <laughs> uh, Eric says, and the Jazz will sell out the two games they host in the first round. They will. Um Let's see. Uh, Caleb says two for two for sure. I don't see them beating the Grizzlies or the Suns. That's an interesting conversation. Teddy Wayman, good morning to you. James Knight says you're not suggesting they've waited until April to watch film on Rudy defending the pick and roll. No. No, and, I'm saying I'm saying that Rudy Gobert has waited till April to start listening. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean they they have been working with Rudy since. I mean, this has been a point of emphasis from what I understand at practice since February. Yeah. Early February. Yeah. But the problem is you don't get to practice much in the NBA. I think there's a misnomer that every day you don't play games that you're practicing. That is not the case. There was a tweet yesterday. I, I don't remember who put it out, but basically there was a tweet yesterday that said the Jazz have had like five practices since the new year. Yeah. Like, I, you they, just don't practice. When do you have time? You're constantly playing three games in five days. You're playing every other day in this league. You're and traveling. You have not had a consistent practice schedule for the past three seasons. I mean, last year you had a compressed season because of COVID. The year before was the year you lost most of the season to COVID and played in the bubble. Yeah. And now this year you're just seeing that. Uh, I think what people forget is that a lot of the injuries you're seeing this year and a lot of the 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 legs being heavy 
is because we're coming out of COVID where you played until September and then you started the season right back up in November. Then you're you're going into a season that's compressed. You're fitting a bunch of games into a small window and then you're playing an Olympic tournament. So you're playing all of these games and guys like Don and Rudy and guys that have been in the Olympic cycle, they've made playoff runs. They've played two playoff series the last couple of years. Like Donovan's had a major ankle injury that I still don't think he's 100% from. You just look at all of this wear and tear. You can't practice. Yeah. They have they have had less than a dozen practices in the last two regular seasons. That's how little they practice. So if you are not self-developing and if you are not self-aware, you are not improving. And Rudy Gobert, for lack of a better phraseology, thinks his shit doesn't stink on defense. Rudy Gobert thinks he is the baddest defender in the world. And so when you say to him, hey, man, you got to step up on the pick and roll and he won't, what are you supposed to do with that? You're paying him $41 million a year. What are you supposed to do when your highest paid player by a lot won't step up on the pick and roll? What are you supposed to do with Rudy Gobert in Houston when he drops steps to the basket and leaves Christian Wood an uncontested look at a three? What are you supposed to do against the LA Clippers when Terrence Mann dunks on him, five possessions later blocks his shot, and he still won't step up on the pick and roll. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I really don't know. And now a very difficult time in my life. Let's go. Get into it. My wife just walked in the room, and she is picking up my dog. Poor guy. Because he's going to have surgery. He is going to get that buho cord out. Uh-oh. Well, they're going to remove moles. Goodbye, sir. Buddy. And here's here's the here's the dog. Yeah. Give me kisses. Oh, here comes the kisses. Yep, kisses. All right, let me ask back and on. <laughs> it's tough, man. Like that's my OG dog. I've had that dog for thirteen years. And he'll be good. He'll be good. He's going on fourteen years old. He's got like a heart murmur. The thing that we're worried about is he has a little bit of a heart murmur. Uh-huh. And so we've delayed this surgery for my dog for six months. And this issue with his butthole has not gone away. And last time he was in for a checkup, his his the glands in his butt were not infected. And so he's got moles on the outside of his, of his butthole. And they don't want to give him anesthesia because there's a chance it could kill him. So now my wife, it's just, he's unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. So my wife is taking him to the vet and they're going to do surgery on him today. He'll be all right. I'm hoping. Okay. I, if, if that dog dies, I'm going to be a wreck. I'm, I will sit here tomorrow nude and sobbing. That's it, Skippy. Sorry, Jake. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I'm going to I'm going mean, to think the best. I'm going to think the best. Dude, he's going to be fine. He is going to yeah. be fine. I agree. I agree. All right, Jeremy, a couple other uh, jazz comments. Jeremy Bolton says, Rudy for Caruso, straight up. That could work. Are you out of your goddamn mind? You'd improve defensively. That's a joke. That's a joke. James, relax. Casey Finlinson says, so you're saying COVID isn't Rudy's fault. It's not Rudy's fault. Everybody makes it out to be his fault. Uh, Even if he's traded, Rudy's jersey will hang in in Vivint at the end of the day. Because he did what? Well, I mean, they won championships and they were a dynasty with Rudy yeah, at the and center. Yeah, and he's a, he's an all-time Jazz player, right? 
Yeah. I. You know what's so funny to me is I was listening to old clips of our podcast to double check if I said something that I was told I said that I didn't say. I said that the Jazz will not win a championship with Rudy Gobert on this roster. Mm -hmm. And I've said repeatedly that Rudy Gobert cannot be your highest best player on a championship winning roster. I never said he'll never win a championship. Mm -hmm. I've never said the Jazz will never win a championship. What I've said is this roster, and I was listening to a podcast that we did while we were still in Phoenix, right? So 2019, I was listening to a podcast where I said this current roster will never win a championship. With Rudy and Donovan Mitchell together, I said they will never win a championship. And last year we said, Rudy is not a championship caliber player. The day I went back and listened to almost the whole show, the day he signed that contract. Yeah. And we said, this contract will prevent them from winning a championship. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. And so now what's amazing to me is so many people have come around to that opinion two years later. Fucking A. It's amazing how many people have turned ship and... Yeah, I mean, we were Go known on. as the Rudy Gobert Hayes show. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what people yeah. called us, and now everyone agrees. Caleb says Dallas doesn't have enough to offer, but you're you're. I think Dallas has plenty to offer the Jazz. You're not trading him to Dallas, bro. Why would you? No matter like, who they offered you or what they offered outside of, hey, you take Luka, we'll take Rudy. Okay, cool, I'm doing that. Other than that, I don't see a way that Rudy Gobert can end up on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Because it, it just – I'm telling you now – that Luka Doncic is the right player to pair with Rudy Gobert because he loves, loves to pass the basketball. All Luka Doncic wants to do is shoot threes and make great passes. That's exactly who, who Rudy Gobert needs to play with. Exactly. Because they will lob, they will pick and roll. Like Luka Doncic with a, with a legitimate pick and roll dominant offensive center, Rudy Gobert, there are a few that set better picks or take up more space than Rudy Gobert. That's what Luca, Luca and him would thrive together. Yeah. Why would I want that? If I'm a Jazz fan, why would I want that? I would not. I would not. I'm not doing it. So it does. It, it, they do. Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. are players that should absolutely intrigue you as a Jazz fan. But you just you can't do it, dude. You no, can't do it. No, can't do it. No. Don't do it. Uh, Mister E says PG would be a perfect fit. I don't see the Clippers trading him. You're not trading Rudy Gobert to the Clippers. No. Brylark says Conley's going to be a Laker next year. Mark my words. Well, I mean, they already have they already have an issue there. He's I, I think Mike Conley's days as a championship caliber player are over. Yeah. The decline that we have seen from Mike Conley in his ability to play fast and his ability to finish in the paint, he's not somebody – Mike Conley goes to – Mike Conley goes to a Dallas, a mid-table, hopeful team. He doesn't go to a team that cannot make a mistake on a free agent yeah. or a trade because the L.A. Lakers, they're going to fire Frank Vogel the day after the season ends. I think Rob Palinka is probably going to step away from that team as their general manager. I think they are likely to trade Anthony Davis. That's the other conversation I had the other day, yesterday. What's today? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Sunday night. Um talking about trading Anthony Davis and the fact that Anthony Davis 
is is going to be the fall guy because LeBron After the street clothes Davis. LeBron's not going anywhere. No. Now I I'm the also the guy who says LeBron's been a failure in L.A. I think that move has not worked at all. You gave up three really good players. Well, to get the, Anthony Davis for LeBron James. Did you hear? And I know it's Magic Johnson, so grain of salt, obviously. But Magic Johnson goes on ESPN yesterday and essentially says that the Lakers were going to go ahead and get DeMar DeRozan. That didn't happen because LeBron started talking to Westbrook and LeBron wanted Westbrook. If that's true, again, huge double underline, asterisk. Well, DeMar's talked about it. He had a deal. He thought he was a Laker. He had yeah, a well, deal in place. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I know we know that the DeMar thing is real. But I'm I'm talking about the Westbrook thing because mm. Magic is basically blaming LeBron for the situation they're in by saying that. Well, I think a lot of people are Le, not. They don't do anything without LeBron's permission. I mean, if the Lakers are gangster and they're really serious about winning titles every every other year at a minimum, I would trade both LeBron and Anthony Davis. They can't stop you from trading them. I mean, you need to go to LeBron and say, "Hey, this hasn't worked," you know, or "Hey, you want us a championship? We're really grateful for that," you know. We're looking to we're looking to move on now. We need to rip this thing apart and start over, and that's what I'd be doing. And cold blooded, bro. I, I but but it's what you have to be. But it's a disaster in L.A. It's absolutely a disaster in Los Angeles, and th they are in a position where they're very similar to the Jazz. I actually think if you're the L.A. Lakers, you probably did the right thing not making the the John Wall trade. I, I, I've thought about this a lot. You're going to unload multiple deals. You're going to trade Anthony Davis to somebody who's going to be like, oh, we can get him healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll take Westbrook's contract with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, you need us to you need us to take Dwight Howard's deal? Yeah, we'll do that. But we're getting Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you can have our first-round pick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, is there anybody that would be shocked to see Anthony Davis go back to a – an Eastern Conference contender. The Knicks? The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn is Nets? Is there anybody that would be shocked to see the Brooklyn Nets make a deal that gets them an Anthony Davis type player? The Knicks, I don't think anybody's going to the Knicks and winning. I just don't. I think it's too dysfunctional. I really, I, I really, really don't. But can you imagine the, can you imagine Anthony Davis on the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, that would be... Uh, Can you imagine the Lakers trading Anthony Davis to the Bulls for Zach Levine in a package? We're getting somewhere. Can you imagine that? Because I can tell you right now, and we joke about Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso has talked about openly that he was shocked and disappointed not to be a Laker anymore. And how many Lakers, including LeBron, saying that they miss what Alex Caruso brought to that to that team? Biggest kick in the balls you'll ever get. Hey, man, you want to give me Zach Levine and Alex Caruso for Anthony Davis? Today. Knock it out. Let me pack his shit and mail it for you. Yep. I'll ship your car, too. Yep. Like, let me get it done. Pack your shit. Let's go. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? I, that's a deal you're doing all the time. Like, the problem is... If you're the Utah Jazz, you're not the LA Lakers. Correct. You're not. And you don't have the the issue becomes for the Lakers, by the way, who's running the Lakers? Is it is it, you know, Kurt Rambis's wife or is it Jeannie Buss? Because it's probably it's probably Kurt Rambis's wife. I think her name is Linda. I don't know why it's not in my head right now. But that like Phil Jackson is consulting them again. Um 
And I actually think Phil is a consultant, not the guy pulling the strings. Phil is a consultant. It's a pretty good basketball mind. He's a pretty good basketball mind. I don't want him being my, my president of basketball operations like it was for the Knicks. No, I don't want that. But they're going to get it right. And if they don't get it right in L.A., they're going to make a lot of mistakes getting it wrong. They're going to cheer, turn that team over. And the difference is, is they'll still make a ton of money and they'll still be relevant even when they suck. And it'll still be L.A. And it'll still be Staples slash Crypto Arena. And, and by the way, let's not forget, the Clippers still haven't won and they're moving out of Crypto.com Arena. We'll see you later. They're moving out. So it's going to be the Lakers building. That whole L.A. Live complex is going to be the Lakers. And the, the Clippers are going to be down by SoFi where the Rams are. So... The Lakers, that's a Laker town, man. When the yeah. Lakers are good, that's a Laker town. Yeah. When the Rams win a Super Bowl, they all go to the Lakers game. You yeah. don't see them at the Clippers game. Where do you see them? You see them at the Lakers game. Yeah. That's a Laker town. They're going to figure it out. Yes. They will figure it out. And that's what I love about teams like Boston, L.A. I, like, it, when you look at the New England Patriots or the best teams in any given sport, they're going to make big Big, the Rams, huge testicular size yeah, moves. Yeah, dude. And if they fail, hey man, we tried, and we're gonna try again. We went full send on that thing, and it didn't work out. We went and got Odell Beckham Jr. Guy helped us win a Super Bowl. Now we we're done with it. Even though he tore his ACL, now we're done with it. Super Bowl. By the way, we traded. You know the quarterback that this franchise was built on, this current incarnation of the Rams. We're going to dump Jared Goff, and we're going to go and get Matt Stafford, who's going to prove his legacy and win a Super That's Bowl. That's the type of balls you got to have. I mean, that was a ballsy-ass trade, and it worked out. I'm telling you. Uh, Caleb says, team's throwing the kitchen sink for Rudy. They're not. No. Nah. Uh, Scott Howard says, I only – whoa, that was a major comment dump. My bad. Um, yeah, there's you guys are amazing. Thank you. Uh, James Knight says, the Olympics hurt Joe and Rudy. I would agree with that. Greg Hawkins says the Jazz need a hard reset, and it's going to cost them one way or the other, either in time, money, or wins. Most likely all three. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, LeBron might go back to Cleveland, Caleb says. I think LeBron does not want to leave L.A. I think his business interests, he's made so much money living in L.A. It's incredible. His real estate empire on its own I think is now rapidly approaching a billion dollars. The stuff you don't know that LeBron does with his money, the guy just prints. I mean, LeBron James is an ATM machine. It's unreal, the money he's made living in LA. So I don't think he wants to leave LA. I really don't. I don't. I could see him being, I could see him being in a different uniform. I don't ever think he is a is a clipper. Yeah. I I he's no too way. competitive for no that. No way. I don't see that happening. Anthony Davis can't score too many points in street clothes. Water's wet. You know the rest, Monty. Yes. Yep. And Anthony Davis is hurt. Tanner Anthony Plummer says, sorry, Jeremy. I would take Alex Caruso on the Jazz any day of the week. I think everybody would. Yeah. If we're being really serious about Alex Caruso, like he is a he is twice as good as Royce O'Neal. Yeah. Two and a half times. Like yeah. his defensive instincts are what this Jazz team lack. Yep. The wrist injury really has derailed his season. Like he is... I watch almost every Bulls game, and he is every night in pain with that wrist. Grayson Allen wrecked Alex Caruso's season. Like He's this. just a hack. There's no doubt about that. I mean, and it's unfortunate. Thankfully, it's not a shooting wrist, but still, he is he is in constant pain, 
And the thing you see him struggling with is like accuracy of pass. Um, the thing you see him struggling with is snatching a rebound because it's hard to clap that ball with a, with a, an injured wrist. Like it, it's what you see with Don in the ankle or, or LeBron in the ankle. Like you just can see it's like, Ooh, Baycott last night for North Carolina with that ankle. Like you just know it's not right. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think Alex Caruso had half a dozen teams that he could have ended up on Yeah, and wound up on a really good bulls team. You know, that's not going to go much further than the jazz. But that's a really good Bulls team that needs a retool because Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are awkward together. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, LOL, keep telling yourself that, Jeremy, as Jeremy says there's it's false. Hey, guys. Anyway, Riley O'Brien, what's up? A, at note, shout out to Matthew Stafford. Yeah, okay. shout out to Matthew Stafford. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, Blizzard says, I don't like Rudy Gobert and Quinn Snyder. It gets... It's a get Quinn out of here and take Rudy with you situation. I think you're going to regret at some point, and maybe Quinn never wins a championship. I don't know. What I do know is Quinn Snyder is an elite head coach. Yeah. And I think the situation with Quinn and this Jazz team is you just need fresh talent. I don't think there's anybody that listens to this show or any Jazz fan who wouldn't agree that this team needs an influx of fresh talent. That's what is required here. Yes. So. Yes. All right, we're going to talk about money. Yeah, dude. All right, make sure you hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. If you're here watching the show, please give us a thumbs up right now. Uh, Want to shout out to uh, Mikey. Mikey. Uh, Mikey. Mike. Michael. Michael. Uh, Michael. Michael says, uh, hey, I heard you shout out somebody's dad the other day. You won't even shout me out. Now, it is true. I've never asked you to shout me out, but I'm just trying to guilt trip you. Shout out Mikey and Jessica who listen to the show every day driving down Bang Get Her. Bang Get Her. That's what made him DM us is apparently he lives in, in um, he lives down by, I don't know where, uh, what city that was, Draper, I guess, uh, where Bang Get Her and the 15 come together. Draper. That's Draper, right? Draper. Um, so he lives down in Draper and drives Bang Get Her um, out to West Valley to go to work every day. Oh. Um, and so his wife works for U Health. And he drops her off in, in West Valley and then goes on to work and they listen every day on Shout the show. Shout out to The other thing they said is that they used to eat at the, that uh, Freebirds World Burrito in West Valley. Ah. Where young Jake used to work. Yes, off of uh, Redwood there. Yes. And he talked about how good the queso was. Yes. I made it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. So anyway, shout out to you, my man. Good to, uh, good to hear from you. Thank you for DMing. Thank you for listening. Drive safe. Yeah, we always shout people out. And yeah. if you listen to the show while you're driving to work, when you're not driving, send me send me a, a message. Comment on YouTube. We'll shout you out. Uh, no worries. All right. So money has been a uh, an interesting conversation of late. And, you know, I talk about if you follow me on TikTok and Instagram, you know I talk about business on a semi-regular basis. Right. And what's interesting is talking to people about money and what people think money's role in their life is. And I do make really good money. I am not rich, but I am certainly comfortable. I am absolutely a one percenter. Um, globally speaking, I have nothing to complain about. Right. And recently we've, we've really been trying to open our business and it's been challenging. It has been challenging. And we talked about yesterday, we were trying to find a, uh, V6 Rubicon Jeep to to renovate, and we haven't been able to find that. It's been difficult. We found one in Hartford, Connecticut yesterday. Like, 
And so there's been some frustration with trying to just do things. Right. And so I was talking to, to some people about money yesterday. And, and this girl said to me, man, if I had, if I made the money you made, all my problems would be solved. And I said, so money's really what you think is what you're missing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, well, what would you do? I asked this, I asked this girl, I was like, okay, what would you do if you, if you just made a hundred thousand dollars? She's making, she lives in San Diego and she's making $2,900 a month living in San Diego. Now, granted, she's 24 years old. She's single. She lives in a studio apartment, like, right. But her rent is $1,700. Oh, think about that. She doesn't Ew. have a car and her boyfriend pays for most of what they do socially. Uh, he works for Carvana. Um, tell the boy to hook us up, man. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, but anyway, my point is, and the first thing this girl said is, well, I could travel the world. And it's like, okay, so the thing that you're waiting for to make money is to travel the world. And I just think sometimes our priorities are so messed up. Like money does not change you. It exposes who you are. Uh -huh. Money does not define you. It just basically puts a mirror in front of your face so that you can see what your definition is. Yeah, because you're enabled to do more things. Yes. And you're enabled to money is money basically is a tool in your box. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it is it's nothing different than a crescent wrench or a hammer. Right. You can make small adjustments or you can pound people into submission depending on how much you've got. And the thing that really stands out to me is I think in this country we overvalue wealth. We overvalue money. Just because you have money, A, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do whatever you want. I got news for you right now. Having money is great. I don't, I, honest to goodness, I don't think about my mortgage. I don't think about my car payment. I don't worry about money. You know when I worry about money? When somebody's telling me I got to pay for air conditioning that's 45, 30 to $45,000 on top of a building. That's when I think about money. I think about money when I'm trying to get an SBA loan. And I have just enough, but not really enough to do. I probably have 75% of the money that I need. And that's when I think about money. And what you realize is, is that money is the ultimate truth teller. It is the ultimate truth teller about you as a person, about what your aspirations are, about what your morals are. It absolutely levels your moral compass like... Yeah, I'm telling you, it doesn't it does not solve your problems. But and I think a lot of people like my age, let's say, you know, because you were the example used was a younger person like they just have never realized one hundred thousand dollars a year or, yeah. you know, or anything that allows them basically because that's the thing like the money. It's not the premise of making, you know, a hundred or two hundred or five hundred or a million a year. Like it's it's what that does to your day to day in your life. And, and I think that's kind of what you know, that's what people miss is like, they think, okay, well, I'm going to make all this money and I'll travel, but they don't really think about, okay, well, you know, how am I going to make a hundred and travel the world and like, you know, and do this and that and the other, Yes, you know, it's too complicated. They don't think about these things. And so that's the, that's a conundrum. I mean, again, money, you know, if you're in a place where you're making six figures a year, let's say, you know, whatever that is, whether that's a hundred or 500, Money really is just a facilitator. 
right? And the only reason it's a facilitator is because our society has made it that way. It's Our society has made it so. The dollar is necessary for what we have to do in the day-to-day, just as food is, just as water is. That's right. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. I think, you know, not to turn this into a huge philosophical conversation, but, like, I think that's the impact, like, that social media has had or, like, that a lot of these other platforms have had. But is, think about the impact. That's a really good point. Think about the way that money has changed institutions in this country. Yeah. So think about the way money has changed Twitter yesterday. Elon Musk became the largest individual shareholder at Twitter yesterday. And immediately he said, I want an edit button. I want us to start working on an edit button. Immediately he said that. Look at the church. We live in a town in Salt Lake City um, that is defined by the, the Mormon church. And I can tell you growing up Catholic, Money was was absolutely at the heart of every prayer that I ever said as a kid. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a dollar. Drop it in the box and say a prayer. Hey, uh, you know, like I had a friend when I uh, when I lived here previously, who got into a dispute with his neighbor. And his neighbor, this guy had put up a fence on on the property line. Mm-hmm. The neighbor believed that the fence was on the wrong side of the property line. So that neighbor took his tractor, I remember it vividly, a Kubota tractor, and knocked it down, knocked the entire fence down. The guy, my friend, comes home from work, freaks out, punches that guy in the face. So they go to the church, not the police. They go to the church, and the church says, okay, you're going to have to make an additional $1,000 tithing, and then we'll tell you how to handle the situation. They make the additional $1,000 tithing and basically they make the two guys write letters and each is responsible for their for their own damage. So the, my friend, as it turned out, had the fence in the right spot, but he made a $1,000 donation to the church, wrote an apology letter and wound up rebuilding the fence out of his own pocket. And it's like, dude, are, that's what money does in church. Like, Give me a thousand dollars. I'll give it to an attorney. Let's sue this guy. Yeah. Right. But think about institutions and money. Money controls. Like, look how much land the church owns. How does the church have so much sway in Utah? Well, because it's a freaking monster. How does uh, how is R.C. Willie one of the, the top grossing brands in the state of Utah? Well, it turns out they're also the largest bank in the state of Utah. Did Who knew that? Right. Because they control the money. Right. So if you think about the way that money controls institutions, why wouldn't that filter down to people? Why wouldn't it filter down to the decisions that we make on social media? Yeah, it absolutely does. does. It does. I mean, there's just no question about it. And I just think that, you know, that I, I think for us on this show, money is, you know, opening a restaurant, which we still intend on doing, in my opinion, um, that isn't you don't open a business for the sake of making the money. Yes, you will make money, but it's for the freedom that it brings you in the day to day, gives you your life back. And that's the thing that I think people at the core of this conversation don't think about. Yes. How many hours have I wasted sitting in a chair at a desk, selling people product? How many hours? Right? Like a lot, a lot of hours. 
you know, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot how of energy. Could, how much more productive could you be? How much more workout time? How much more passion How much time? more fun and enjoyment could you get out of your life if you didn't have to work your nine to five? Yeah. And that, that that's what I, I tell a lot of people this at, at Yelp. Because we, if you want to, you can make. You can make bread at Yelp, dude. You can do Yelp for a long time and be really well off and never think twice. And I always tell people you're not at Yelp because you, you want to sell Yelp ads. You're at Yelp to facilitate what's next. Yelp is not like the end. Yelp is the beginning and the first step in whatever your dream is. And the, and maybe this is the conversation that we're going to wind up having here. But I'm a big believer that when you make good bread, you got to chase what you're passionate about. If you have the money to do anything you want to do for a living, what would that be? Mm -hmm. For me, it's one of two things. I want to open up a fast casual restaurant and I want to own real estate. I want to own rental properties in multiple markets. Yeah, That's what I want. I, that's that's who I am. That's what I am. That's where I am. I want to do that. Mrs. Monty, I don't think is convinced at this point, <laughs> right? So philosophically, I got to get that right. But the the main point of this is how many people in this world don't have a dream? How many people in this world don't have a passion? If I said to you, hey, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I don't know. Yeah, hey, I, well, it, I think very few people know that answer anymore oh, I, I, I think I, that and it's crazy yeah but but i think that we're past that now like i honestly honest to god like i think that we're not we know too much now as kids we know too much now because of the cell phone so like we're not thinking about oh well i just want to be a cop i want to be a firefighter i want to be whatever we don't get that opportunity anymore we don't get to keep no. our innocence for 10 years anymore right out of the gate you know we have a cell phone in our hand at eight years old, and we know how to use it at eight years old. Ooh, you know, look at Greg Hawkins. Money doesn't make you happy, but a lack of money makes you miserable. My hot take is that we look for money more as an avoidance of suffering than a pursuit of pleasure. Agreed. Completely agreed. Yes, agree with that 100%. But the problem is if, you, if you're only using your money to put more gifts under the Christmas tree, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a huge believer in in the last six months I've learned more about the tax code in this country than I ever knew. But I'm a huge believer in making the money is making the money is not the issue. Hear me clearly on this. This is really fucking important. It's cool you're making that money. How are you going about keeping that money? How are you doing that? There's a guy on TikTok who's famous for saying, hey, it's cool that you got the bag. Let's work on keeping the bag and growing the bag because we give so much money away. Yeah. We give it away. I give it away to Air Jordans, right? Well, not anymore. I've stopped doing that largely. Um, but I, I want to I make my money make me money. And I don't want to work to have to do that. I want to go and visit my properties. Uh, my ideal setup would be owning property in Maui, owning a property in Europe, and owning a property in New York City. Owning a condo in New York City that I can rent. In Maui that I can, you know, Airbnb. And in Europe that I can Airbnb. Yeah. And then I'm just going to travel the world and make, make sure my properties are running right. That'd be my ideal situation. You'd never hear from me. I would be making good bank. I would even consider Dubai. Lewis Hamilton, the F1 driver yesterday, talked about Dubai and the limitations and the freedoms 
that collide in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And it's this incredible place where you can do anything you want. And it's this incredible place where money flows like water. And they kill people, you know. You know. But it, there are there are ways to do things, places to do things. But you've got to learn that making money isn't enough. You've got to learn to keep your money and make it make you more money. Yeah. The government does not want you collecting a paycheck. The tax system is not set up for that. The tax system is set up for you to freely and fairly and legally deduct every purchase that you make. But there's 99% of people file a W-2 at H&R Block and think that's making money on your taxes. Well, and it's I'm making telling H&R you, Block money. I'm telling you it's not. I, I'm just, if your money's not working for you, man, if your money's not making you money, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. You know, like we're looking at this Jeep deal. I got to be honest with you. And we don't generally talk about the inner workings of our business very often. Mm. Um, but we're looking at buying this Jeep because it's wholly a tax write-off. 100% of that Jeep purchase is going to be a write-off. Every bolt that we turn on that Jeep is going to be a write-off. Every expense from gas to mileage, depreciation, new wheels and tires, new suspension, new soft top, new lights, you name it, it's 100% a write-off. Mm -hmm. Every trip that I take from now to the end of my life is going to be a tax write-off. Every vacation I take will be a tax write-off. Mm -hmm. You just got to know what you're doing. And you got to hire a tax professional who will tell you, here's how you do that. Yeah. These are the parameters. Like when but we were looking at a Porsche the other day, or I guess, no, we were looking at an SRT Jeep. And we, we literally called our accountant and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. Is it a tax write-off? And she said, 100%. Yep, 100%. Here's what you need to make sure you do. That's the, that's the deal in life. Yes. The deal in life is not to punch in at nine and out at five. Yeah. Or God forbid, punch in at eight and out at three in the morning. Let's hope you don't work third shift because it's miserable. Anyway, Caleb says, make your money work for you. Yes, that's the goal. Exactly right. Uh, Tanner says, my dream is to work in sports media. Maybe do a podcast like you guys. Start now. There's no reason you're not doing it now. Why aren't you doing it now? The podcast costs you almost nothing to start almost nothing and every day you wait is another day you wasted when you're thinking about doing a podcast um giggity says how can i only get five percent alcohol beer when i'm in utah that's the way the world spins hey, here in utah man uh you don't giggity lol just kidding i don't know a fast casual restaurant's nice tanner says yep utah moonshine jeremy Bolton says. <laughs> you know the funny thing is is that you can't get full flavor full fuel alcohol in yeah. utah yep it's not a thing it's not a thing anyway I feel better now that we talked about that. Yeah. We'll feel better after we get our doors open or we get something going. I'll feel better. I will. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, what I don't is. feel like I'm in a hurry. I just am not looking to sit around a long time. Yeah. And I, I am very much in of the mindset that I I could do three things at once. So I'm working on this restaurant, but I'm out. There's no reason I shouldn't be looking at property in Maui. It's readily available. We can afford it. Now, truth be told, there's a limit to what I can afford, but that's with everybody. Yeah. I'm probably more comfortable at $500,000 than I am at a million dollars. But that's everybody. Yeah. Everybody's got limitations. Everybody. But if that $500,000 makes me $100,000, we were talking to a property owner that has a condo in Wailea. In a COVID year where they lost 
three months of rentals to COVID in, in Hawaii, they still netted $97,000. Yeah. You just replaced your nine to five. You know, like, I mean, this is not rocket science, friends. It's not. And by the way, you can have a second home and you can get a loan on a second home and all the interest in that mortgage payment is a write-off. I, I yeah. We, we just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to do it. And yeah. we have to go because we have to punch into my nine to five now. Isn't that exciting? No, not really. Not at all. Uh, thank you so much for watching the show every day. If you are on podcast, bless you. Shop our uh, links in the description below. Um, everything from the vitamins and the bars we use to the greatest cup washing tool for your sink. I'm telling the ashwagandha. Telling you. Are you still taking ashwagandha? I haven't in a minute. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Always good to talk to you, friends. Make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you Google search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T by The Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.